As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Welcome to another edition of Dental Wealth Nation. I am so excited that you are here today. We're going to be talking about something so important. Many of you have done a trust, you've done your estate plan, or, or maybe you're in the process of, of making one up now. And the attorney you're working with or the, the legal service, they're going to say, who do you want to be your trustee? And many times your eyes may go blank and you have no idea what to put there. Or you think, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put my son or my daughter or a family member and I'll, I'll bestow this great honor upon them. But uh, we want to help you make some more educated choices about who a trustee is and, and what their roles are and their responsibilities. And, and by the time we finish today, you're going to know what an independent trustee is. And you're really going to have some insight into why that may be a great option for you. You're going to have a better understanding of really what the roles and responsibilities of a trustee are. But more importantly, you're going to feel confident when you're choosing a trustee for your own trust. And wow, am I excited. We've got Kevin Quinn here today. And Kevin, he is the co-founder and the president of the Independent Trustee Alliance. And the Independent Trustee Alliance is the only organization that's dedicated to the profession of being trustees. He's been a professional trustee for the past nine years. And as we were talking before the show, he has an absolute passion for helping each family with their unique situation. There's certainly commonalities among all state plans and, and all the planning that's done, but there's also very unique things. And that's what he enjoys so much about his work. And, and I'm just thrilled to have you here with us today, Kevin. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate you giving the time to talk with me about this. Yeah. So give me a little background on, on you and, and how did you get started? And, you know, is in being a trustee and then, you know, even with the Independent Trustee Alliance. Well, there's certainly, uh, as a profession, this is not something that uh, you would necessarily go to school to learn how to do. Uh, you don't go to college and get a degree in being a, a trustee. So I got into this actually through experiences within my own family. Uh, for the first, my first career, if you will, I was a professional project manager, uh, mostly in the IT world. Uh, but all during that time, uh, I was trustee for some trusts within my family. Uh, my grandmother had started uh, with some very forward-looking uh, estate planning, uh, went to my father, and then uh, trickled down to me. And, and there were some hits and some misses along the way. But after my father passed away, I realized what I'd been doing within my own family, that there was a need for this 
for other families. And once I was dealing uh, you know, with just uh, my mother and, and her situation, I thought, you know, there's a, there's other people like this out there that, that need this sort of help. So that's when I hung out my shingle, if you will, and uh, said, this is what I was really passionate about doing uh, for the rest of my working life. And so that's how I got started in this. And along the way, um, I would really uh get three responses when I would talk with people about what I was doing. Uh, the first and the most common response was people uh, would just uh, look at me like I had three heads and six tails. They had no idea what I was talking about. Um, the second response would be, okay, I, I understand the words that came out of your mouth. Uh, Good luck with that. Uh, and the, the third response would be, okay, I, I get what you're saying. I understand what you're talking about, but how do I know? How do I really know that uh, you are someone that can, can be trusted that I can introduce my clients to? Um, so that's actually what precipitated then the creation of the Independent Trustee Alliance that uh, there's really nothing that the states regulate as uh, in this regard. And California has the uh, prote uh, professional fiduciaries, uh, but really other states do not. So, uh, you know, people would say legitimately, okay, well, you know, how do I know? How do I know? So that's when we formed the Independent Trustee Alliance, uh, by which we said we don't have to wait for uh, a bunch of legislatures and some state capital to to say there needs to be some certification or or anything like that. So we created our own certified independent trustee criteria, master certified independent trustee criteria. Uh, she said, you know, those of us in this uh, world, we can self-regulate. We know what's important. Uh, we know when somebody's uh, doing the job and not doing the job, adhering to our standards uh, of ethics and code of conduct. And so that I th has really uh, helped uh, raise this profession in the eyes of other professionals that there is uh, legitimacy. There is true legitimacy to what people like myself uh, who work in this world are actually doing. Yeah. No, that's, that's very fascinating. It's also fascinating that you mentioned project management and being a trustee. The, those two are actually kind of closely related, aren't they? Uh, very closely related. Uh, it was, that was the easiest part of my uh, transitioning into this world full time was taking all those project management skills and just applying them in another arena because very much so any trustee is at the hub of the wheel, uh, making the decisions and uh, making sure other people involved, such as the financial advisors, CPAs, uh, the beneficiaries and so on are all 
uh, aware of the, the rules and, and doing what they need to do. And the rules for a trust are the, the trust document itself. And many are very similar, but each one uh, can be uh, unique unto itself. So uh, there's certainly a variety in, in the trust themselves uh, that the trustee has to be aware of. It's not a one size fits all. Yeah, right. So, so we keep kind of tossing the, this word around, trustee. How would you actually define trustee? Where, what's the actual definition of a trustee? Well, the, the trustee is legally a fiduciary uh, with that uh, very high fiduciary legal standard uh, with the obligation to the trust and the beneficiaries of the trust. Uh, in the in the trust world, remember, uh, the trustee in a trust document is named uh, individually, All right? So I work as an individual. If Even if I had an LLC structure or something around me, once I'm trustee, I'm still going to be named individually in the trust document, uh, which also means the trustee is the one person, if things go wrong, who's going to get sued. Uh, so an independent trustee has to be willing to accept that as a risk of the profession, that uh, you're the person that uh, can get sued if somebody gets very unhappy with, with what's going on with their trust. Yeah. So, so really, a trustee is the person who's been charged with actually carrying out the, the instructions that are contained inside of the trust? Then. Uh, precisely. And it's the person who has the legal obligation to carry out the instructions inside the trust. Uh, number one, to uh, be loyal to the trust itself. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not what a lot of people uh, just assume because they've watched a lot of movies or, or read a lot of books that uh, my trustee is the person that I turn to and say, give me money. And, uh, you know, it's like punching the ATM. Uh, I, I send a message, I make a phone call, um, and then money comes out the other side. It, it just doesn't work like that. As trustee has to make all decisions in light of what's best, not just for the beneficiary, but for the trust itself. Yeah. Now, how do most people find themselves actually in the, the role of trustee? Is this something they sign up for? Do they just get named in a trust by maybe parents or, you know, the, the, the rich, you know, uncle or aunt, right? How do people typically find themselves in this role? I believe the majority of, of people who create a trust uh, sit sit with the attorney and the attorney says, okay, you know, we've, we've created this wonderful trust. Now, who do you want to be trustee? Many times then the person creating the trust or persons you know, creating the trust might um, roll their eyes or look at each other and say, oh, gee, I don't know. Um, you know, how about, uh, you know, how about Ned? You know, Ned's uh, our oldest kid and you know, seems to be very responsible. So let's make him trustee. 
that's, I think, the way most people end up uh, being trustee. And uh, for most, the, most people will look at it as the, an honor that's being bestowed upon them. Well, you know, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, uncle, whomever uh, thought so much of me that they're willing to, to name me as trustee. And, and wow, you know, that's a, a great honor. Uh, but they don't really then they would have no way of really understanding what it is they're signing on for. Yeah, right. A lot of times the parents don't really realize or the grandparents don't really realize what they've signed someone up for, do they? I absolutely not, because in the vast majority of instances, they're they want to get their trust document created and they're you're checking boxes, you know, well. You know, got a trust, check, got a trustee, check. You know, let's get on with our lives. Yeah. Um, so, so what are some of the roles and responsibilities of a trustee? I think the, the responsibilities are always defined legally. Okay. And, and this is the way I would... Uh, separate out roles versus responsibilities. Responsibilities would be loyalty to the trust, making sure that distributions are allowable under the terms of the trust, making sure that uh, trust assets are properly invested for that specific trust, uh, making sure that the tax returns are completed on time, that beneficiaries are receiving their, their Schedule K-1s. Uh, so those, I, those legality things and those things that must be done, I, I see more you know, It's the responsibilities. The role, however, of trustee is where the rubber really meets the road, in my estimation, because the trustee has to become... Um, many different things to be successful in the role of, of trustee. Uh, you have to be number one, uh, willing to say no. And that is something that's extraordinarily difficult for one family member to do, uh, say no to another family member. Uh, it's also, you know, they, that can go the other way within families where somebody says yes too often and actually uh, creates harm to the trust and the, the longevity of the trust. Um, roles can be counselor. Uh, I will sometimes get, um, get calls from, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, one Saturday night, about eight o'clock on Saturday night, uh, I got a phone call uh, and I knew it was from a beneficiary and I knew she was somebody who struggled with life. And she was very upset because uh, she thought somebody was trying to break into her house and she didn't want to call the police because she'd called the police in the past, but they'd not been helpful to her. Well understandable because this person really uh, had her own demons that 
that she was fighting. And uh, at that point, she just, I couldn't do anything for her other than advise her, you need to hang up and call the police. Uh, but she was, she didn't have anybody that she could just to talk to for five minutes and, and calm her down. So you know, that was somebody that I had to play the role of counselor for. It's not something that you want to get dragged into necessarily, but you, know, you don't want to become enmeshed in somebody's life to that point where uh, they think they can just pick up the phone and call you at any time. But uh, it was in a way that sort of thing can be viewed as a win because the person actually views you uh, with enough confidence that, that they see you as uh, somebody that they can turn to uh, when they need help. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. You were going to ask a question. Oh, no, right. Can I come back to the, the trustee, right? Who are some different people that can actually, you know, serve as trustee? We've talked about family members. We've talked about, you know, maybe a, you know, niece, nephew, aunt, right. So, you know, or, you know, next door neighbor, right? Friends like that can, can serve as a trustee, but you know, sometimes big banks will do that. And then there's, there's independent trustees. So, so what are some of the differences and in, in what should you think through as you're, you know, you're working with that attorney and the attorney says, who do you want to be trustee? What should someone be thinking through when they get asked that question? Well, certainly the list that you gave is a, a good description of who can be named as trustee. It could be the a family member, it can be an individual such as myself, it could be a, a bank or a trust company. Now, depending on the type of trust and the goals that the person who's the grantor of the trust has, uh, that can really drive that decision about who's going to be trustee. A lot of times, uh, people of means who are setting up trusts have a relationship with their bank. And so they just naturally say to the bank, hey, you've got a trust department. Uh, will, you, uh, will your trust department uh, take this on and be trustee of this trust? Um, We've been working together for 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 years, whatever. Okay, you know, that can make a lot of sense. Um, when you get into people who um, don't have that sort of long-term relationship with a bank oh. and are setting up a trust, oftentimes they will go to a trust company and ask that trust company to serve as their trustee. Um, depending on, if the, if the trust isn't big enough, a trust company or bank's going to turn it down because they have minimum sizes that, that they will take on. Sometimes it's five million, sometimes two million, some will go down as, you know, to 500,000. Uh, so many times uh, people get surprised that the, the trust company or bank is not interested in serving as trustee on their trust. Uh, 
And that's where they might turn to a family member or, or somebody like myself. Okay. So, so what are some of the differences between the, you know, the bank and you, right? I, I know someone may be thinking, hey, you know, that, that bank, they're going to be there for the next 50, 100 years. I'll hire an independent trustee. How does that work? Sure. That's the reason a lot of people will turn first to a bank or a trust company is because, hey, this is, you know, this is longevity. They're here today. They're going to be here tomorrow. Uh, the, the thing about the bank or the trust company is that bank or trust company, is, of course, has been granted uh, trust powers from the state, but it doesn't mean that uh, just because you're starting out with that bank or that trust company and you like that trust officer who was assigned to you, it uh, doesn't mean that that trust officer is going to be the trustee for you six months from now or a year from now because they are employees of the companies they work for. So they may get a promotion, they may go into a different department, they may leave the company. Uh, so you don't have, um, you have a, a trade-off between the longevity of the bank or trust company versus having a relationship with the trustee. And so, whereas an independent trustee is, uh, often going to be viewed as well, okay, you know, what's your backup plan? And we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, when you engage an independent trustee, you are really engaging that person and that person is going to be there uh, when you call, you know, they're, they're not going to uh, go to a different department in six months or quit and go work for another company. So, that's one big thing is what sort of relationship do you want to have, not just with the, the trust company, but what sort of relationship do you want to have with the trustee? Um, obviously, if you're going to a bank or trust company, well, if that trustee was there, but it's not there now, because they've gone to do something else, you have another trustee who's just slotted right in because they're they're part of that company. Whereas somebody like myself, the question is, well, what happens if I become incapacitated or if I get run over by a bus? And so that's where you're into the successor trustee planning. Uh, oftentimes on new trusts that I get involved with, uh, one way to answer that question is we'll write into the trust. Uh, if Kevin is uh, incapacitated for you know, so long, whatever time frame maybe, then the current uh, president of the Independent Trustee Alliance can uh, nominate a successor trustee from qualified members of the organization. Uh, and so that way we can at least get somebody through the hump or, or the bump in the road, if you will. Now, how important is that relationship with the trustee? Does it matter? For most people, it really does matter. It, it really does. Um, 
because they, you know, just like uh, somebody who's working with a, a financial advisor, you know, if, if you decide, hey, this is my person, this is my guy, this is my gal, uh, and I, I like them, uh, you'd be very upset if you, know, you hadn't had a need to talk to them for a month and, and you reach out to them and find out, oh, well, they, you know, they're gone. They've, they've left. They don't work here anymore. Well, you know, heck, you know, I, I like that person. I trusted that person. I believed in that person. Uh, so it really is, I think, very important to have a, a good working relationship with a trustee that, that you like. Right. And, and this is so much more than, you know, going to the car wash and all of a sudden your your favorite person isn't there because they they moved on or your favorite bank teller is gone. Right. When you're dealing with the trustee, you're also dealing with the family dynamics and understanding of the trust. And so, you know, I think that relationship is very, very valuable because you want someone who understands the unique goals and objectives of, of your family and what you're trying to achieve. You you do. And. Uh, for again, for some people, uh, working with an institution uh, works very well because they can engage that institution, and that institution might have uh, departments or, or people that work with that family specifically on uh, long-term family dynamics and so on. But for other people, um, that's not what they're looking for. Uh, give you an example. I was recently uh, asked to look into maybe taking on a, a trust where a, an adult sibling had been left in charge of a new trust for another adult sibling. And after just a short time, I realized you know, this is just, this is not what I do. Uh, and this is taking a lot of time. And it's, you know, I'm, and I'm dealing with my sibling in, in ways that not only is it uh, becoming a strain on my relationship with that sibling, but it's actually becoming a strain on relations with my other siblings as well, who aren't very sympathetic to what I'm going through as trustee. Now, the independent trustee has the luxury of not being a member of the family, so can look at things a lot more dispassionately and, you know, and, and say to somebody, you know, no, you know, this, this is not the purpose of this trust. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that you're carrying this uh, this grudge that you've been carrying since you were five years old, but it's, uh, you know, it not, it's not a leverage point that you're going to use against me as the independent trustee because it means nothing to me. Whereas you may have been using that as a that old grudge uh, against your sibling when your sibling was trustee because it really pushed the right buttons with that sibling. Yeah. So at what point would someone consider bringing you in? And right, we're not just talking about family trust here. We could be talking about special needs trust, or we could be talking about charitable remainder trust or, or different estate planning techniques or charitable trust. Correct. I mean, there's a wide variety yes. when we're talking about trust here. Yes. 
And many, many of the independent trustees that I know um, will work um, kind of what I'll call as a generalist, they'll take on multiple different types of trusts. I, I myself, that's how I work. But I know other trustees who, who do not. I know trustees who will only take trusts that uh, contain businesses. They're very focused on, on uh, that segment. Uh, I know trustees who will only do special needs trusts. I know others who wouldn't touch a special needs trust with a 10-foot pole. Uh, so within the, the overarching profession, there are, uh, just like there are in other professions, there are people who are, will specialize in one area and people who are more general. Yeah. And, and they, you know, a trustee can be brought in at many points along the spectrum. It's actually very rare for me to be involved with something when it's first being established. Almost always I get brought in after something has been established, it's up and running, and then somebody finds out this is more work and more responsibility than I thought it was going to be. How do I, how do I get off of this merry-go-round and give my seat to somebody else? Now, now, with that kind of responsibility and the load of responsibility, I know sometimes think, well, that, that's what the attorneys do is the, the attorneys do all that, that kind of stuff. But, but that's really not the case, is it? Interestingly, it's it, more of a regional question that you brought up there, uh, because many attorneys uh, in some states, I think California, for instance, uh, will not serve as trustee. Uh, that's just, you know, it's not what they will do. Uh, you get into the Northeast region of the United States, and it's actually, it's very common for an attorney to serve as trustee. So um, I think that's just kind of interesting that um, kind of depends on where you are. Okay. So, so let's say you're going through and you've decided, you know what, I, I, I do have a trust with some complexity and, you know, I, I don't want to burden a family member with this. And, and I want to, you know, really look at, at bringing in either that corporate trustee or the, the independent trustee. What are some questions that we should be asking? What should we be looking at and considering as we're interviewing and talking to or even finding a, a trustee to, to help us manage our wealth? Some of the things that you should be considering are what sort of relationship do I want to have with my trustee? Oh, what sort of relationship do I have with my current advisors? And do I want to keep my current advisors or not? Uh, now, my general rule of thumb uh, is I come is I see myself as coming in as a new person on the team that the team is already in place the CPA is there the financial advisor is there the attorney is there uh, you know, maybe there's a, a family advisor there in place and 
I'm just coming in as the newest member of the team. I'm not looking to replace any other professional at what they do. Now, many times, I won't say most, but many, many times, if you go to a, a trust company or bank trust department, uh, they're going to take all of those roles themselves. They're not going to be just trustee, but they're going to say, we have our own attorneys who will now be handling the legal work. We have our own CPAs who will now be handling all the tax work. We have our own investment departments who will now be handling all of the investments. And so that would that's one question you have to consider is, how important is it to you to maintain your current team? Uh, it's very important to some people. Other people might be in a position where that's of lesser importance to them. But that's a big question that a lot of people uh, need to be aware of, that those things will happen like that. And then, well, what type of trust uh, is this? And do I, you know, what level of, of care does it need? I mean that in terms of like a special needs trust is going to have um, extra responsibility uh, with it. So do I want to take this to an individual and does the individual have expertise with special needs trusts or do I need to take this to a company who specializes in special needs trusts and know all the rules of the road regarding a special needs trust. So that would be a reason why they may, you know, go one way versus another. Okay. Now, now I know the other thing some people may be thinking, right, is, is once again, you know, the, the role of trustee, it's a, it's a trusted role. And there, there certainly is that, that fiduciary obligation, which is the, the highest code of ethics and law, because it means you have to act in the, the best interest of the, of the right. trust, not, not yourself, right? You, you got to put the trust ahead of everything else. And so, you know, in, in that trusted position, right, how do you know that you're actually bringing in someone who is trustworthy? What kind of controls are in place to make sure these things don't go sideways, either with a, a professional trust company, a family member, or even an independent trustee? Because that's a risk across the board. Well, it, it certainly is. Um, you know, the, the institutions have the, the advantage of yeah, you know, it, it might not be my team that that's still in place, but uh, these people, you know, this is what they do all day, every day. They've been granted these uh, authorities through the state state banking commissions, and so they have the instant credibility of they are, you know, a, an institutional trust company. Um, so an, an independent trustee, if you're looking at an independent trustee, uh, you have to ask, you know, is this person carrying errors and omissions, uh, liability insurance? What's this person's backup plan, like we talked about with the successor trustee language? Um, how often is this, how often will my 
beneficiary or me as the grantor uh, receive reports on the trust. You know, generally, it's supposed to be an annual report, but some trust may be written to say, you know, this requires um, monthly or or semi-annual reporting. So, what's the reporting category? How much? How involved will my attorney be with any oversight? How involved would my financial advisor be? Uh, what um, what are some other things that that can be done or there are certain roles that can be written into a trust for instance a trust protector which is becoming much more common where that is a non-trustee but it's a another third party who has certain authority to remove the trustee if the trustee is is not doing the job can remove and replace or be somebody that has the authority to say, you know, we're, I'm, I'm now going to, you know, demand an audit of the books. Uh, so there are additional controls that can be written in uh, to the trust document itself, actually. Yeah. So how aware are some attorneys of this? Is this widespread knowledge among the estate planning community and trust planning community, things like a, a trust protector? Oh, those sort of things, yes. Um, I mean, a, a estate planning attorney is going to be up on, on all of the, the different things, such as a, a trust protector or a trust modification committee, uh, whether or not they uh, have written those into documents before may be another question, but uh, there are certainly things that are becoming much more common uh, as people uh, have experienced, gosh, you know, this, this trust that grandma had written uh, was done 40 years ago. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, and now 40 years later, we're, we're having some problems with this trust, not from the trustee or anything like that, but just from the way the trust is written. Laws have changed. Um, things are known now that weren't known 40 years ago. So uh, we're this the doggone thing starting to hit a wall. And a lot of the, the practitioners and the attorneys are are getting really good at thinking, okay, and this is, I'm not just writing this for today, but I'm, I really need to include as many tools in here as possible to make sure that this thing uh, can continue to live for you know, a very long time, 100 years, 200 years. Got to write those tools and hooks in here to allow that to happen. Yeah, no. Very, very true. So, Kevin, if people have questions around this and they want to get in touch with you, how can we find you? Well, I can always be found um, trusteetexas.com or you can go to trusteealliance.com. You can find me or or other people like me. Yeah, and that trustee alliance, that really is a great starting place for you to go check out, you know, the role of an independent trustee and the services that, that you provide, isn't it? 
it's certainly meant to be a resource and it certainly is continues to grow and we we want people to know that this profession is out there it's available it's viable and it's something that is worth looking into before you make your decisions about who's going to be your trustee yeah, right. I mean, it's something not a lot of people are aware of. Like you said, you know, usually the first thought is, oh, let's go to the bank and see what they can offer. Whereas, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the the independent world because sometimes the the larger companies, they got some conflicts of interest hidden here and there. Just, uh, you know, not saying always, but but that can creep up quite a bit. And so well, I'm a big fan of independence. Well, thank you. Well, obviously, I am too. If you're going to a, a, a bank, um, make sure you get full disclosure on their fee schedule because there can be there be a lot of things in there. You know, I've I've seen, for instance, if it's a trust that owns farmland, well, the bank's charging a fee every time that there's a crop harvested. They're they're charging a, a fee to sell the crop. Yep. Uh, which most independent trustees aren't going to be uh, that uh, granular. No pun intended about. Uh, no, going down and wanting to charge fees like that. Yeah. Well, hey, Kevin, I, I know I certainly have a much better role of, of what an independent trustee is and, and why it may be a great option for, for me and certainly have much more of an understanding of the role of what trustees do and, and certainly have some additional confidence in, in choosing and making those choices. So any closing thoughts for us before we sign off? Mm. Being a, selecting a, a trustee, there's, there's a lot of good uh, answers for people. Banks and trust companies uh, have a tremendous role to play. They can be the right answer for a lot of people. Um, for others, though, they need to understand that uh, the independent trustee is a viable option and we just need to continue to raise the awareness both uh, with the, uh, the, the clients and with uh, professionals that this is something that is available and it's something worth looking into. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing so generously with us and, and especially really pushing this profession forward, right? I'm a big fan also of professionals coming together and saying, we know how to regulate ourselves. We can set our own rules and we can play by them and, and hold ourselves accountable to a standard. So kudos to you for, for pushing the industry and this profession forward. And, and thank you for being an amazing guest. Well, thank you very much, Tim. Appreciate the kind words. And it was a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah. And to all our listeners, thank you again for, for tuning in. And, and I want you to walk away with more confidence when it comes to, to your plans and managing your wealth, right? We want to help you build an amazing life of significance and, and take care of those people you love, support the causes you care about, and really make that impact in the world. But to do that, you got to take action. It's not enough to just listen to these things. You got to take action. And if you take action on what you heard today, you're going to be able to make it a great day. Until then. We'll see you again soon here on Dental Wealth Nation. Thanks again, Kevin. You're welcome. 
You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at dentalwealthnation.com. 